right, we're back with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. As always, this is Marlo, joined by Casey. Casey, how are we doing this evening? This evening, doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, how about you? <laughs> nice. Nice. Good. <laughs> doing well, too. I'm doing well. Uh, as, well as, you, as well as you can be. I think we're on a, uh, you know, there is... There's, we have a sports podcast, right? Yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's some weeks slash weekends that I, I like struggle to find the sports that I want to do. Yeah. Um, and this was one of those weeks. This was definitely one of those weeks. There's a little bit of basketball on. There's some baseball that happened. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but it just it seemed like, as a sports fan, it was a struggle for me. Yeah, I can... I can understand that. I would say I watched a lot more volleyball than Ooh. I ever thought I would, and I mean not only just Wisconsin playing, but other other matchups as well. Um, I did go out and buy some rocks, nice to get out for a little bit. So that was that was interesting. Um, I was not prepared at all. Like, didn't know how to do it, uh, and just kind of was like, I'm here to buy some rocks. I'm like, what kind? <laughs> And they're like, so do you have a truck to put them in? I'm like, no, I got an SUV and a couple of buckets. And they're like, all right. <laughs> so how much do you need? And I was like, I'm going to fill up the buckets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they're like, ah, it's out there. You know, drive up, drive up and pick them up. And I'm like, out where? And they just kind of like, you know, point to the different piles of rocks. So I had to drive around and then scoop them up into these buckets. Uh, it was maybe... If I had to do it again, maybe I'd do things differently. Uh, but it was a learning experience <laughs> was, all was around. The buckets enough? Did you have enough buckets? So or did you make multiple trips. I don't. I don't know yet. I don't think it's going to be enough. Um, so I, I will have to. I will have to go back, but not by much. Not by much. I, to be fair, I bought 280 pounds of rocks, which is really just three buckets full. But they're rocks. They're heavy. Um, and I've kind of put down two of them and I have one more uh, to put down. So I'm putting them around my garden boxes. So, um, weeds don't grow and it looks nice. Um, but I, I have the one bucket left to go and I'm based on how much ground the other two covered. It's probably not going to, probably not going to work. So, but I got tired and I gave up. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that sounds like a so fantastic way to spend your day. So I will have to go back out and I go all the way into the County. You know how it is. Yeah. 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 You can't just get rocks in the city here. So probably, but not, you know, buckets full of them. <laughs> there we go. All right. So that was one thing I did. Yep. Well, not, or well, while searching for the sports. The other thing, I know you were in on this too, Marlo, the Club Esports Civ 6 Invitational. Yep. The two week premier Civ 6 multiplayer events. Watched a lot of more, again, a lot more of that than I thought I would. Uh, and the Saxy Gamer ended up winning, so there you go. The Saxy Gamer? Yeah. Okay. That was their their name. So. All right, esports back. We're esports we podcast. Esports again. podcast. Yeah. With yeah. that. I actually didn't see how it ended. I <laughs> I watched like so the game uh, multiplayer game. It takes like uh, six hours, five hours. So I watched a little bit of it in the middle, and the guy who I knew that was in it uh, was not doing well, and I kind of. Had to go get the rocks. So there we go. All right, let's talk about some things we normally talk about. Let's focus okay. rocks and Civilization Six, right. and our esports, our our, <laughs> our uh, 
well, turn e-sports. into esports. We're, yeah. We'll work on it. It's we'll about to be our bread and butter. Yeah. Well, last time we tried that, like Fortnite was really cool and felt like something we could talk about. I don't feel like there's anything like that right now. I don't know. Maybe I'm too old and out of it. <laughs> okay. To know what the, yeah. the, the users are watching. But all right, let's talk Badgers, Marlo. Uh, I guess the biggest news for the program, for the basketball program, that is uh, Brad Davidson is back, returning for his fifth season, Marlo. I know there's a complicated relationship with our podcast and Brad Davidson Mm -hmm. and his role in Wisconsin basketball. Talk me through how you, I guess, initially felt when you heard it, and then has that initial feeling changed and if so, where do you stand now? Um, my first reaction is I felt like Brad Davison didn't get the memo uh, that everyone else was leaving, and so should he. Uh, but as the time went on, as everyone, you know, kind of Trice and Potter um, and everyone, you know, were either moving on or hitting, entering their transfer portal, the more time that went by that Brad hadn't said anything, the more I knew that that meant he was coming back. Mm. So... I wasn't all surprised, but I did have, you know, you have that little inkling in you that like, oh, baby, you won't. So that was my first reaction. And then, of course, you know, everyone around me has to tell me how it's a good thing. Um, yeah. It's a good thing that he's coming back. So I, I'm not 100% sold on it. I get I, I, I get the ideas, and I'm sure I'll wait till you talk because you probably have some of those ideas. But I'm not 100% sold on it. But, you know, whatever. Let's go. Here, Brad Davidson's back. Yeah. I mean, the Brad Davidson experience has been a very up and down ex- experience. So when he was done playing or when I thought he was done, it, there was a, a bit of, I don't want to say relief because I loved him, love him being a Badger, but it's just kind of like, okay, you know, I can turn the page on this chapter. Uh, but I guess, no, I can't. I got to open that chapter back <laughs> up. Uh, I think. Yeah, you can look at it and be like, oh, he's, you know, hasn't been what we thought he would be. He has ups and downs. But at the end of the day, I think you'd rather have him on your team than not, especially where, you know, as we kind of fill out the roster here and look at what the team's going to be like next year. Uh, I think you'd rather take what you have than him than not have him. Um, I continue, I, I find myself going, well, if he just, you know, becomes a more consistent three point player, you know, he, stops trying to create too much, trying to do too much on the offensive end. And then it's like, well, he's going to be in his fifth season. How much is he going to change? How much is he going right. to improve? Uh, remains to be seen. Uh, Cause it, it, I guess he shot overall, he shot better, but he, I think from three um, and he definitely had spurts, right? Like uh, just stared at the North Carolina game and watched the highlights of that after the announcement, just be like, this is what we're getting back. But <laughs> not necessarily, not necessarily the case every game in and game out. Um, with that, but I think the most important thing of him coming back is the continuity he will bring and kind of tie the era that ended with the seniors leaving to whatever the next era will be with, uh, Jonathan Davis, with Chucky Hepburn coming in with some of the other younger recruits, you know, we really had, I guess, Tyler Wall was going to be that bridge, right? But now, and he only had one year, but Davison can kind of, I guess, this is going to sound corny, but teach him how to be Badgers, right? Yeah. And I guess with it being Davison, you can take that in a very negative way about taking charges and stuff and (laughs) and whatnot. But, uh, but I, I think that's how 
him coming back more so than what he will give them on the court. I think he will help bridge those uh, chapters or generate. It's weird to call them generations because it's like three to four years, but yeah, uh, bridge those eras uh, and and kind of help, especially you know y- the younger um, guards, got, you know, help them adapt to college basketball. Yeah, and that's the number one kind of ar- argument I've been here swirling around is, you know, Brad will be there to usher in the, the younger players, show them the ropes. Uh, like you said, show them how to be bad. You're showing the Greg guard way. And, that's what's, and you know, that's fine. I could see that. Yeah. I, I, I could definitely see that. I, but I would be remiss to say that would it be that bad of a thing for them to find their own way <laughs> for them to, <laughs> to kind of work, work, work through that on their own. And, um, you know, establish what their what their core is because, you know, I I like, it was it has been a up and down, has been an up and down you know relationship with with Davidson, um, but I just I don't know. There's it's he's one of those guys, right? You love him on your team, you would hate him on on every. I think someone someone in one of my groups said he was the he was like he's gonna be the um, uh, what's his name? Aaron who was on Ohio State, um. Yeah, you know, I see his about. face. Yeah, I see his yep. face. But that's gonna be that's what he's gonna be for Wisconsin. Yeah, totally fine. And it's I think for me, as long as Davidson, I, he's not gonna change. But if he could figure out exactly what his role is, right? Like mm-hmm. he's when he's on, it's great. He's on. But my biggest problem is always in. He always thinks he's gonna be on, and he's. He shouldn't be a volume player, right? The game should come to him. Sometimes he doesn't allow it to. And when he does, it it, it works very well. So if he could just find that middle ground of having the game come to him and, and you know, leaning on or throwing the path of these of these younger players, you know, I'll be I'll be wrong. But I hope that's the case. That's my big that's my that's my best case scenario. Yeah. Aaron Kraft. Aaron Kraft. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be the interesting part is does he come back and he has the same role? He has the same expectations of of wh- how he's going to play in the offense or is he going to be able to kind of take that back? See, as uh, you know, maybe we have some other op- other players in the guard forward position kind of stepping up who can create their own shot. You know, as Jonathan Davis progresses another year, Chucky Hepburn comes in, some of our other guards, you know, can they take that load off of him and will he be able to accept having a lighter load? Because I think at the if Wisconsin's going to be a, a good team, I don't know how Brad Davison can't be your kind of number one shot getter. So if he can take a, a lesser role, as you were saying, I think that would be beneficial at all. And the back court back court yeah back court got a little bit more crowded with the announcement of a transfer uh jacoby neath uh, transferring from wake forest a 6-3 guard uh averaged i think it was about five points two assists so uh in his two seasons at wake forest uh did after his freshman year entered the transfer portal briefly but just just to see what it was like and got back out um, just wanted to take a little stay, swim in there and see what's going on. Just yeah. yeah. Hey, what's this see, portal about? That's cool. Yeah, see what the couches were like. Were they sectionals or or what have you? Um, and stayed at Wake Forest for another year, but now uh, is transferring uh, to Wisconsin. Uh, I guess I don't have much more than that, Marlo. Uh, sounds like he's a uh, athletic player. Uh, shot 
pretty well with a limited sample size uh, in in 2019. And I guess his career highlight was a good game in a game that Wake lost in overtime to Duke, which I think I remember that game happening and being very upset that Wake didn't pull it out. But Yeah, apparently he has a 40-inch vert. Um, nice. So he, he can jump. The few highlights I, I saw, the kid kid can jump. So maybe there'll be some highlight reels coming along. I don't... I, barely out jumping me, Marlon. Ba- just barely. <laughs> just barely. Just just barely. Um, so, or 10 times. <laughs> um, so yeah, it should be... I mean... It'll be a filling in the in the backcourt in the in the I'm saying it'll be a filling for the guards. Uh, we'll see how it pans out. And oh, he's a Canadian. He's also Canadian. Yeah, he's also Canadian. Canadian. So there you there's go. There's that. All right, that is it for basketball, football, spring practice still going. Still, or I'm so, I guess is it still going? I'm just still yeah, articles about it's it. Still but going. I, I think it's another week. Is there a spring game? I was searching for a spring game. I, I haven't heard that game. there's one. Yeah, it would probably just be a spring. So so cool. Uh, all right. Uh, volleyball. I guess this was, like I said, what I spent. I, I probably spent most of my time this weekend watching this. Um, Wisconsin with two wins over the week over Weber State and BYU, winning both in uh, three set sweeps. They play uh, tomorrow, Monday, the winner of Ohio State, Florida, which is happening right now. And. It's in the second set, 24-23, so close. Florida's up one set to zero. Um, so they'll play the winner of that. Uh, the, that's the 8-9 matchup. Uh, the biggest, I guess, result of the weekend and really the only upset was Minnesota losing. Uh, they lost to Pitt. Um, Minnesota was the three seed. Pitt was unranked, which I guess means they weren't in the top 16. So uh, there we go. That was that. Was that. Oh, and semifinals. Uh, if Wisconsin beats Ohio State or Florida, whoever they end up playing, they'll play Thursday. If they win that, the championship game will be on Saturday. So hopefully, we'll get three Badger games here this week for volleyball. Um, other Badger sports that happened this weekend that I, I guess I didn't mention because I didn't anticipate watching it too much was uh, the Women's Big Ten Soccer Tournament. Uh, and I ended up watching it because Wisconsin ended up winning a couple games. They were the four seed in the tournament. They made it all the way to the championship game, losing to Iowa. So women's soccer following the Big Ten or the Wisconsin way, getting <laughs> championship games and losing. Yeah, uh, I guess I could have put this in the corner kick, but I put it here. Whatever. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. No. Badger thing. I was hoping you didn't see uh, it. I was going to try to scoop you in the corner kick on that. Ah, uh, uh, did you? I did. I watched it today. It was a very disappointing game. Uh, Wisconsin was the better team. Iowa kind of stole a goal. Uh, Wisconsin had the better of the play. Uh, just couldn't get one. Couldn't connect in, in the box. Couldn't get one into the net. Um, so it, kind of a disappointing loss. Iowa it was like third to last in the Big Ten regular season. They had a miracle run beating Penn State um, to get here. And obviously the 1-0 win uh, to win the Big Ten Big Ten tournament. So, yeah, that's... That's Badger stuff. Any other Badger stuff? So, did you see the semifinal game? Was it semifinal versus uh, Northwest or uh, Nebraska? I think it was. Did you see the? Or, was it? I did. And it, no, it was against. It was against Rutgers. Oh, Rutgers, Rutgers. Yeah, I knew it was another red team. Yeah, Rutgers. So the I had the I was thinking about this because I wanted to talk to you about it. the goal where the goalie came out like thirty yards away from the mm-hmm. from the goal. Why? Why yeah. did Why did she Not, do that? I mean, not a great decision. <laughs> not a great decision. So, 
I think that, I think what was happening was they were trying to play a high line. Uh, Rutgers defense was. So your your worry is them going over the top and Wisconsin having the speed to get on the ball. So the goalie's playing a little bit up. The thing that happened in that play was both the goalie and the defender and the defender were going to beat the Wisconsin player to the ball, and the, nobody kind of took initiative and charge to be like, "I'm clearing this." So they both kind of got in each other's way and ended up not clearing it at all. Uh, so. If the, like if the defender wasn't there at all, the goalie just gets to it first and clears it. But because the goalie and the defender were kind of colliding and neither of them kind of gave up on the play or got out of the way, they ended up kind of almost like a three-way collision where the ball kind of ricocheted and, and got out. So it makes – the goalie was too high, but that's why why you would want to be out that far. Um but again, you probably don't want to be going out that far in that particular play. And when you, if you do, you need to communicate to the defender so that this type of thing doesn't happen. And it was a great kind of reaction by uh, the Wisconsin player who the ball kind of ricocheted to because so m- it's a long shot and it's easy to rush that shot and and then miss the goal or uh, not get a shot off. But they did a great job of just taking a touch and. And putting it on target, which again, it's an open net, and you think, hey, that's you know, that's easy to do. But in the in the heat of the play, when you know the goalie's out, so it's easy to rush that, and and uh, they, they didn't. So Good interesting. Job. Yeah, I, I just uh, I, just, I just thought it was interesting. Thanks for breaking that down. Hard hitting. Yeah. If yeah, like if you watch, I know I know you watch this a lot, but it's uh like if you watch Bayern Munich, you'll see uh uh their goalie Neuer come out a lot because they play a high line and he kind of plays a, a sweeper keeper to kind of protect people getting in behind. He plays really high, but he's really good at decision making, really good with his feet, uh, and, and can get back really well. Um, and so that's an example of a, if you want to see that when it's done well <laughs> and the Rutgers goalkeeper did not handle it, handle it well. All right. All right. Well, I believe. No, that's probably the second time we've broken down hockey. I mean, not soccer. <laughs> that detail. Like actual, like, actual plays yeah, or something. Yeah, actual plays. Oh, that's good. Well, good run for the, good run for the Badgers in the Big Ten, uh, tournament. Yeah. All right. Uh, on to baseball. Should we talk some baseball? Yeah, let's talk some baseball. Let's talk. It's happening. It's, it's going on. Things are, things are happening. So. Uh, so Casey, let's, <laughs> yeah. this week. Yes, this week. This week. Let's just talk about this. White Sox, Carlos Rodon throws a no hitter. Yeah. Throws a no hitter. Um, well, I, I texted you to just kind of make sure you were watching and you were like offended that I like reached out to you. I was. I, I, well, don't talk about a no no when a no no is going. I actually it was a perfect game at the time. It was a perfect <laughs> game at the time. Um, and I believe your text was there's a perfect going into the night. I believe that is that what I said? Okay, well that was a little too on the nose. I guess <laughs> I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna have the stat department look at look at this. Look it up. Yes, and I was the first thing I thought was Casey Dunn jinx this. Casey. Oh yeah, no, I did. I did literally say he has a perfect game going into the night, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh man. Okay. So wait. in my in my mind, I was way more casual than that. Like I, I in my mind, I was just. I said, let's just see if Marlo's watching. <laughs> The White Sox game. So I thought I said you watching the White Sox game, but I literally <laughs> put it out there. 
Yeah. It's a perfect game going to the night. Perfect, so. perfect going to the night. That I believe there's me. an exclamation point. Is there an exclamation point? <laughs> no, it's just a period. It's okay. just a statement just of fact. The statement of fact. I didn't get excited about it. Okay. Um, so yeah. So yeah, that was going into the night. Um, I'm sitting there watching it. I'm debating whether I text Casey back because I don't know, but I decided I do because he already ruined it. Uh, yeah. he's already, he's already put the junks out there, the jinx out there. So yeah, going is going into the ninth. Um, and in the first batter, there was a, a ground ball down the first base, like in between first base line. Uh, there was miscommunication between Rodon and, uh, and Abreu. And Abreu had to make a, <laughs> a, what do you call it? a lunging, a lunging play that just yeah. barely got the base runner out. Literally because the base runner decided to slide around the bag instead of right into it. Um, that's right. So Casey makes that one slide. I'm already cussing at Casey in my head because mm-hmm. as that play is going down, then the next batter. Um, one of my favorite things in baseball is the people who bring up that it's faster to run through the bag than to slide. Oh, what's your take? What's your take? Well, this. The take is that it's faster just to run through the bag. Agreed. Yeah. And it, it's hilarious when <laughs> it's just funny because it's like everybody slides in that situation when it's close <laughs> or most people slide in that situation. And then there's always, you know, the people come out as I guess I am now, but yeah. I'm saying I you love it when people. people do this. And then they're all the, they're all, they're, they're, they're all the, yeah, you gotta run you know, through the bag. It's actually, actually faster to run through the <laughs> bag. Like, well, you know, maybe sometimes, right. maybe not. Uh, so we're done as he's perfect game going still. One of the great plays that you're going to remember from it. Next batter yeah. comes up. Rodon throws a breaking ball inside. And apparently, it hits his foot. Yeah. Hits his foot. And uh, at that point, the, the perfect game is over. The man takes the base. And that was probably that's probably the... I don't know. It's, I mean, if you walk a batter in four pitches, that's something. But like to hit them on their foot. That's a crappy way to lose a perfect game. I think it was an 0-2 pit, uh, 0-2 count too. Yeah. He was ahead in the count. He was ahead in the count. He was ahead in the count. It was a, it was a really crummy way to, to lose a no hitter. And the batter, I don't, in this instance, as opposed to last week where I was going off about batters being over the plate, yep. uh, Contreras from the Cubs. Um, I, I don't, he, he could have, I felt like he could have moved his foot. Oh yeah. It felt like he could have moved it, but he didn't and just kind of stood there and, and got hit. So it made it feel pretty, a little bit extra bad than just like him plunking him, right? Right. To, uh, to have a situation where it just comes inside and that he just kind of stands there and watches it go into his foot. You're like, well, could you have just, you know, lifted up a little bit? <laughs> Jumped out of the way, maybe, perhaps? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So Casey effectively ruined the perfect game, uh, yeah. by texting me going to ninth, but, Rodon came through, finished off the no hitter, uh, which the this is two seasons in a row. White Sox have had a no hitter. It was the twentieth no hitter in franchise history. Wow! Um, for that one, so yeah, very cool. I mean, it's always cool to watch a no hitter. Um, this one was at home with a few fans in in attendance, so that's uh, you know, unlike last season with no fans. But um, yeah, no hitters, and they're back. This was the first one. No, there's one. Oh, there's that one already this season. Forget who though, but anyway, huh? No hitters are back. The Dodgers have the most with twenty six. Interesting. Wow. How about that? How about that? According to my Google search that I just did. <laughs> uh yeah. Good job. 
Good job by what? Oh, this is just a weird thing. Okay. Good job by your White Sox. And I'm sad, but also hilarious that I jinxed it. I didn't even think I didn't even think I did. So good job by me. Uh, all right. Uh, on my side, uh, Bruins had, Brewers had a struggle of a weekend against the Pirates, losing the series two to one. Um, the, today's game in extras just kind of put a little bit of a a skunk on how I was feeling about the team. Uh, they went, they had a great run of starting pitching, which I'll talk about in a moment uh, in my stat of the week. Um, but just couldn't. Just when the Pirates come to town, you think, all right, we got it. This is a series we should win after winning series against the Cubs and Cardinals and just didn't get it done losing losing two games. So just kind of ruined my positive vibes that I had for the Brewers. Uh, but they still have, uh, I shouldn't say, I don't know after today, but they still have, if not the best, one of the best uh, stats for pitchers headlined. Uh, what, what am I trying to say? Um, one of the best rotation uh, statistics in the MLB uh, headlined by Corbin Burns who is the first pitcher stat of the week first pitcher I have two so stats of the week Uh, Corbin Burns is the first starting pitcher to amass 30 strikeouts through three appearances without allowing a walk in the modern era the previous high was 24 by Adam Rainwright in 2013 so that's crazy 30 strikeouts no walks in three appearances he is dealing um, and he has great long hair so Love it. I love it. Um, and my other stat of the week was just, uh, it just sometimes when the Brewers lose, and then I kind of check in on the Cubs to see how they're doing. And then when they lose, it just kind of makes me feel a little bit better about the Brewers loss. Um, this was in the middle of the week though. So I think they've lost a couple cents this, but, uh, after the seven, loss today on the 14th, the Cubs are now hitting 163 on the season. That's the second lowest average by any team through 12 games in the modern era, only behind the Tigers who were batted 159. So I think the Tigers went on to win like 43 games that year. So not a good, not a good start to the season for, <laughs> for the Cubs bats. And that just makes me feel a little bit better. And they're losing 13 to three right now. So, woo. All it was not in terrible in baseball today. And the <laughs> Yankees suck. They're like five and ten. Nice. I think they lost again today, so maybe five and eleven. It's you know, if my team can't win Marlowe, at least I can root against other teams and hope they and they lose. And it's working out for me. It's worked out for me so far this year. All right. So you're in a good place. Yeah. You're in an okay place baseball. I'm in an okay place. Okay. The good thing is the central's not good. Yeah. There's a bunch of very okay teams in the NL Central, so um, the Brewers, I think, will have an opportunity to hang around and keep me invested through the season. So there we go. That's baseball. Any other baseball things? No, that's uh, I don't have anything. That's all I got baseball-wise. Yeah. The Dodgers-Padres series has been, has been very testy. High level, like some would say a playoff atmosphere. To that one in April. That's all I got. That was the only. That was the only other baseball I watched. All right, all right. So moving on from baseball, we're going to what everyone's been waiting for, Casey. Casey's corner cake. Well, this one is a doozy here today, Marlo. Uh, dropping. I don't know an hour or two before we record the podcast. Ooh, breaking uh, news. 
a super league has been announced by 12 teams. Uh, so 12 of the biggest clubs in Europe have announced that they are forming their own league. Uh, they keep referring to it as a breakaway league, um, which I guess, so they would compete in this in lieu of the Champions League. So as you know, Marlo, the Champions League is kind of the European-wide competition of the best clubs from the dis- the different uh, domestic leagues. So the top so many teams, depending on the quality of the league, uh, enter the Champions League. They do the Champions League games midweek throughout uh, the season. And then I think they usually end up having a championship game around Memorial Day, something like that. Uh, so instead of doing that, they would do a Super League and I, the proposal is not much has been kind of figured out as they just announced it, but there's going to be 20 teams and they're going to play in the middle of the week. Uh, so I guess their idea is that they would still play in their domestic leagues, at least at this point. Um, but that's still kind of to be determined. And I'll talk a little bit more about their ability to do that um, in kind of the response by the different soccer governing bodies to this announcement so it's 12 teams uh that announced it's the top six or i guess the big six as they're referred to in um in england the three big te- the three big teams in italy the three big teams in spain and i don't know if that adds up i'm kind of doing this off Who put this together? memory but the the teams the did teams so it's decided. kind of the teams kind of got together in their back, you know, smoke-filled rooms and came out and said, here's what we're doing instead. So it's kind of been uh, headlined or, or, or I guess, the f- at least the way the announcement came out, the, the face of the announcement was Real Madrid's president. Um, so the, all the teams kind of released a statement similar in vain saying, Hey, we're joining or we're creating this league and kind of gave their, uh, reasons as to why, as to why they're doing this. Um, so the, the teams decided to do this. So it's outside of, uh, they're going to put together their own competition. So what kind of happens in European soccer right now is you have your domestic leagues that are controlled by each country's, uh, football association so it's just the fa in in england so let's use england as an example so they have an fa and they go okay well we're going to create the premier league and then teams can compete or enter into the premier league and then you get relegated and stuff from that and then at a continental level there's uefa who's the european uh football association and they put on the competition of the champions league they set the rules for that and then the teams from the leagues qualify for that based on their league placing and and kind of how they do in other competitions so this is the teams outside of any sort of football association saying we're going to make our own league and schedule our own games um the found the 12 teams that announced today are the are the founding members so they're i guess the governing board or whatever so they're kind of the the association and then the other eight teams presumably that join who weren't in it from the beginning or in it at this initial announcement i guess will be in the league but might be almost like junior members because they're maybe they'll get up it's again this is unclear uh at this point but they kind of made it pretty clear like 
these 12, hey, we're the security council and we're going to be the ones who, who kind of decide this thing. So I'm, I was trying to think of an analogy for, for a U.S. fan. Um, and the best I could come up with is like a drastic college football realignment where instead of it being like, hey, we're going to get Texas into the Big Ten, like Texas, Ohio State, Alabama, USC all got together and made their own super conference. And we're like, we're just going to play each other. And then the winner of this is we're going to have our own national championship or something, which kind of is how the playoff works right now. But that's not important. <laughs> so that that's the best analogy I could get. Um, so the good, I guess, as I'm looking at this, you know, again, just the announcement, the good is this is really good for the teams that are going to be in this league. They're going to make a crap ton more money. Um they're going to be kind of able to raise themselves as like uh, better brands, better, um, better prestige because they're in this league. Presumably, um, it's good, good for the fans in the sense that you're going to get more matchups. Like if you're a Liverpool fan, you're going to play Barcelona two to three times a year now. You're going to play Real Madrid two to three times a year now. That's kind of cool. <laughs> like. If so, why, I guess why I'm being uh, kind of a bit defensive about the good is this is getting slammed by soccer fans all over the world. I'll talk about more in a, a little in a second, but like, so maybe I should have started with the bad. <laughs> uh, but we're going to see the best teams play each other more often, and that is a good thing. But it comes at a cost, uh, and the cost is essentially every other club in Europe. <laughs> it's, it's, they all lose. Uh, I tried to read into the kind of let's say revenue sharing of it, but why the clubs are going to get more when they're going to have more sponsorship opportunities because of more eyeballs on them and that sort of thing. But to some extent, their revenue, the big club supports kind of the smaller clubs, the infrastructure of the football association that they're in. Uh, so they're kind of pay a tax, so to speak, or, or they, some of their revenue goes to that. Whereas in the super league, it presumably wouldn't go to that. It would, they would be able to keep it within house. Um, so the smaller clubs in, uh, the big countries. So like England, you know, if you're a Leicester City fan or which is probably the best Premier League team that wasn't in, in this, or, you know, you're a West Ham fan, like this is bad for, for you. Your, your games, your league is kind of losing some of its prestige, which is not good for, for them. And then also the, Smaller leagues in general, or smaller uh, domestic leagues in general, but especially the good teams in this. So I'm thinking of like Ajax or um, something like that. I, I'm like normally they they get a shot to play in the Champions League to match up against these other European giants uh, and 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 compete and win and kind of raise their prestige. They might not get that opportunity anymore, or maybe even more like. Uh, uh, Dynamo Kiev or something like that. This is not good for them. They're going to get less, less money out of it. Um, and less exposure out of it. Um, oh, I should say the teams that, I guess, notable teams that weren't in the announcement, there weren't German teams in there. So Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund and PSG was not in it. I, those are the kind of the big, when you think of big clubs in Europe, those were the ones that were left out. So there's also a backlash from a fan standpoint of kind of the, the grassroots or, you know, the 
it's more than a game. It's more than, than money. Um, I talked about how that money kind of trickles down throughout the FA. So the FA is able to support or ideal, I guess in a perfect world, they're able to support some of the smaller clubs and some of the kind of youth development and things that might happen in a country that funding might not be there anymore because of this. Uh, and fans just in general seem very upset about this. Um, it's viewed as like agreed only play as I've kind of emphasized by some of the, the financial aspects that the, the top teams are only doing this for money. And, uh, I guess the most, the strongest one that I saw was the Chelsea supporters trust, which is kind of like the, the ultras, the ultra fans of, uh, of Chelsea. Um, they basically uh, called it so. Uh, it starts, they say, expect the unexpected, but today Chelsea supporters trust our members and football supporters across the world to have experience, experienced the ultimate betrayal and then ends with, this is unforgivable, enough is enough. So uh, Chelsea, one of the English teams that, that is kind of linked to this, uh, their ultras are super pissed and, and lots of fans are, are really upset and think that this kind of threatens the integrity and the kind of goodwill of, of the game of soccer kind of across Europe. So it's going to be fascinating to see how it goes. Um, UEFA's response has essentially, so you, UEFA weighed in and the, a lot of the, um, football associations for the different countries all blasted it. Uh, and they've basically threatened to expel these teams from their competitions. <laughs> so, Bad. uh, which means that they would be kicked out of their domestic leagues. They would not be allowed to compete in the Champions League again, but this is kind of a threat to replace the Champions League. Uh, and, uh, UEFA went so far as to say that people who play on these teams might not be eligible to play in the World Cup. Yeah. Which I think would be. I don't know how exactly they can do that because I guess, so I think they could for European players because it's UEFA, but like, I don't think UEFA could tell Argentina or whatever the governing body is in South America that Messi can't play for Argentina. Like that doesn't seem like something UEFA could do, but they could for, you know, Harry Kane, who's going to play for England. So yeah, UEFA's response was, uh, so it's kind of weird because it's like, they're not really saying we're leaving all of these things right now. They're just saying we're going to make this league and maybe that's a thing down the road that they do. But the response from UEFA is essentially like, no, you're, if you're going to do this, then you're out and we're taking away, you're competing in all these other competitions. So it's going to be fascinating to see where this goes. Uh, this is on the heels of UEFA announcing a change to the Champions League, which essentially expanded it to try and get more more matches. For, so the Champions League was trying to get more money <laughs> and by using these clubs. And the clubs were like, no, nah, we're just going to make our own league. So it's... Huh. Uh, some people are saying this is was inevitable and is going to happen. Some people are saying this will never happen and this is just kind of a a negotiating tactic by... A, a real, th- it, it's not going to happen in as a negotiating tactic by uh, these top clubs. But so we'll see. Um, it's supposed to happen in like 2022, 2023 or something. So relatively fast. Um, and if, if they suspend these teams, I mean, three of these, I think three of the four teams left in the Champions League are in the league. So 
<laughs> I don't I don't know how they're going to do that. <laughs> PSG is just going to be the winner of the Champions League because UEFA suspended the other three. It's crazy. That is it's uh, no, it's, crazy. It's, it's not uh, a teen's revolution. I to kind of bring it back. You gave the college football analogy, but I could see. Yeah, it. I think there was like talk of this happening in college basketball not too far long ago. Something similar, right? They wanted to get out of the tournament, do their own thing, uh, be able to um, use player likeness, all that fun stuff. Um, but it's if they pull it off, if this thing happens, and it, you know, it's not just in a, or they go back to the negotiating table because they can't pull it off. But if they can pull it off, um, you know, it kind of sets precedence for the for other sports or other leagues, even just the idea of being able to do it, right? Well, what's funny is it creates a league like the NFL, mm-hmm. right? Like American sports. Just in Europe, they're not used to, or soccer is not kind of set up like American sports are. It's like these teams just decided, hey, we're a bunch of clubs. We're going to make our own league, and we're going to be the owners of the mm-hmm. league, not just like competitors in it. Um, so it's it's a, it's radical as far as how things are set up in in soccer in Europe, but it's not at all like for, for like, I guess I kind of, uh, how American sports are. Right. So. The model. Got it. All right. So, but yeah, it's just, but it's just so it's, I don't know. It, it's so crazy. And I'm, I've just kind of gone back and forth. I'm like, I don't even know how this would work. And like, just for them to put this idea together and, I mean, obviously it's been, it's been talked about for years. So it's not like this is the first time anybody's thought of this, but like it's such a drastic change from, or would be such a drastic change from how soccer is run on a global level. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. And maybe you're right. Maybe there, this is how it, it sets a precedent for other soccer leagues to do a similar thing. So instead of the Premier League having the relegation or whatever, the, good teams of the Premier League just go, nah, screw the Premier League. We're going to set up the England League or whatever, and and it's just those 20 teams, and it's always going to be those 20 teams. I don't know. It's very different. Um, but yeah, drastic. Absolutely drastic. And I'm just, again, still digesting this, so I'm sure more will come. And maybe it'll just go, maybe by the time we talk next week, the genie will be put back in the bottle, and we'll say, never mind, we're all, you know, this isn't going to happen now. And then but or or maybe PSG will be Champions League champions <laughs> because everybody else was suspended. That would suck. At least suspend them after this season, so we get one you know one last run. Uh, uh, that's, that, that's 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 it, it for the corner kick. Breaking that's news: it. way to break it down. Hard hitting. Trying. It's still a little confusing, but all right. Um, throw-ins. I got one throw-in, Casey. Yeah. Um, you were kind of right. You did it. You did it. Don't know if you saw over the weekend. Uh, I was watching Sips. Yeah, no, so you didn't. Alabama had their spring football game. Yeah. It drew 47 plus, 47,000 plus fans, uh, to the stadium, which was the largest in attendance since the pandemic hit. That includes... Mm. Yeah. Uh you know the Texans what the Texans have they yeah. had 
thirty. I think they had thirty-eight thousand on opening day, something like that. Um, cool. Which is like fifty percent, almost fifty percent of their capacity includes includes the Miley Miley Cyrus concert, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, that had like eight. <laughs> But they were, yeah, they were clear to do 50%. That was about 50% of their capacity. They have, they filled it for their Okay. 40,000 and 50%. Yeah, so okay. Yep. So there's the largest attendance. You, you said that it would be Alabama football that like brought sport, yeah. like fans in the, in the, in the, you start seeing fans, like capacity fans in the ground back. Uh, it looks like it's trending towards that way. So I'm just here to say that you were, you're kind of right so far. Yeah. Thanks. Um, it's good. It's just good to get some, some recognition. No, uh, yeah, it's as we often say, or do they say who said people say, people say. maybe us, it's just different down there. So it, it didn't seem like it was going to be a hangup. I didn't necessarily know that it was going to happen at spring right. practice. Yeah. Um, but I think, look, if you're on the side of wanting to get people back in, into the, into the stands. This is a great, I think a great first step towards that. Uh, I can't imagine what 50% looked like as compared to what is it? 20% in some of these MLB parks and stuff. And I, I saw some pictures of the Rangers game, but I didn't watch it. Um, it's just, I, I wonder how long it's going to take. So it's, let's say 50% or it gets back to full capacity. How long it's going to take to get used to that again? Used to full capacity. Cause I even look, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, because you know, once in a while, I'll see a picture like, "Oh, look at this crowded area," and I'm like, "Oh, look at these people in this crowded area. This it looks so weird." But like, that's gonna be every Saturday yeah. in the fall. Like, I think we're gonna get there. I don't know. I hope so. You know, I'm. Yeah, um, it's trending that way. It seems like it's trending that way. Um, but like, just to see it would be. I almost feel like I. I don't know how my brain would handle it. <laughs> right. To see them yeah. on TV and them to cut to the fans and the fans doing the jump on top of each other while they hold up number one finger, uh, in front of the TV, which I never got. Why do we, why is that the thing? Why is the number one finger the thing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, we're number one. They, they it's like, the well, you're, which came, you're ranked 15th which came in the first, the person holding up their number finger or the foam finger that made it popular? Well, I think it's gotta be. The finger came first because art imitates life, so life <laughs> had to happen first. Is that how that saying works? Know, but sure. I don't know. Why do you throw it up? What, what what else would you do? Just just a fist? I like I like the old like when you watch old mm-hmm. NFL games where there's the dudes in their hats and and dress clothes and they just kind of like look at the camera and nod. <laughs> you know, act, act at all. That's I can see I like that. that. I can see that from Casey. At least in Wisconsin, we can do the yeah, W. We threw up the dubs. Subtle fist pumps. I like subtle fist yeah. pumps. But you're right when it's like Boston College and it's a bunch of fans like throwing up the ones like, yeah, no. No. Yeah. It's like, yeah, congratulations. He scored a touchdown against Syracuse. <laughs> Which I guess is probably be a pretty big game for them. But again, number one. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't make sense. All right. Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. All you number one fingers, it sit them down impressive. unless you're Alabama. Yeah. Relax. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Unless you're in the Super League. <laughs> unless you're in the Super League. Also, terrible name. <laughs> is that, oh, that's the actual name of the league? Oh, I yeah. thought you were just saying it. I thought that was just the... That's, okay, cool. Or is it, wait, may, let me look at the thing. Maybe they're saying the a Super League instead of the Super League. Confirm Super League plans. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's uh, capitalized. Now I clicked on the wrong uh, thing. Where did it sounds go? like my son just named, this, named the league. 
What do you want to name the league? Super League. Super League. That's going to be the yeah. best. Uh, yeah, I think that's what All it right. is. All right, then. Well, that's going to be it. No, uh, that's it for throw-ins. That's going to be it for myself. As always, guys, you can find us on Twitter at 132Breeze, myself at Casey at ProfBadgerFan. That's it for me, Casey. You got any last words? As always, fellow fans, until next time, I hope all your favorite teams win all the sports.